Hey guys, welcome back to the Late Late Show. It's been a while. Um, there's quite a lot to talk about. We've got All Star Weekend. We've got loads of drama going on around the Lakers, uh, which kind of seems to happen quite often after a little bit of a dry patch. Um, and then we're going to get on to some other things. There's quite a few things that me and Jonathan uh, want to speak about. So uh, yeah, as always, as I've just given away there, I'm joined by Jonathan Kernan. How are you doing, mate? It's good to have you back on here. It's good to be back. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, love talking Lakers and love talking Lakers with the famous, the infamous Matt Evans. So yeah, um, let's get to it. Yeah, yeah, the pleasure's all mine as well. And um, yeah, let's just jump straight into it. So All-Star Weekend, it was an, it was a nice break. I quite enjoyed it. The season's been very tough. Um, I was looking forward to All-Star Weekend because it's just been such a mentally draining season that I was looking forward to just switching off. And uh, it was quite the opposite. It wasn't as kind of relaxing as I thought. Um we had LeBron praising other GMs. We had clear shots at Palinka and Co. We had uh, comments on him returning to Cleveland, playing with Bronny. Then all the subsequent reports in the rift between Clutch and the front office. It came out afterwards. Apparently, Clutch wanted a shake-up. It was then shut down by Rich Paul. Even LeBron shut it all down after the recent Clippers game. And then Woj stated that a meeting occurred between all parties to, to squash the rumours and you know things like that. It's been... It's stirred a lot up. There's been a lot of headlines. There's been a lot of quotes flying around. There's been a lot of debate flying around between professionals and fans. And I suppose this is our input. What's your thoughts on that? I think there, well, it's fair to say there's obvious frustration on both sides. LeBron is not happy because he's not winning. Rich Paul's not happy because his client's not happy. Palinka's not happy because the Lakers are losing. Ginny Buss isn't happy because everyone below her is not happy. So it's just going to create a bunch of unhappiness amongst people who are very, very competitive. And when very, when very, very competitive people are kind of pissed off, they're going to lash out. They are going to talk crap. They're not going to take this quietly. They, they're the type of people who kind of, if things go against them, like if they're in front of a wall, they try and go through the wall rather than around it. So it's just for this moment in time, the Lakers are in a position where they can't really do anything. They could this they could have made a trade but that trade potentially would have made them worse in the long term. And I don't even think it made them better in the short term. So, yeah, there's clearly a, a mini rift between all sides. But I think it's just obvious frustration after having such a bad season. It's, it re- to me, it really is that simple for me. But what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. I think there's clear frustration. There's frustration with the fans. You know, we were sat watching all of this terrible play. You know, like you said, everyone's pissed off. You know, I mean, you spoke about it from like the Lakers hierarchy, but it goes right down to the fans um, as well. And I think LeBron's comments were just literally him saying to Rob Linker, Genie Bus and Co., step up, step up. But I don't think that means now. You know, obviously, I, I agree with you. I, I think they shouldn't have made a trade at that point. They should have made a trade at the dead that trade deadline but they should have never put themselves in the situation that they were in because in the end they were just kind of you know you know we see we hear this term a lot but they were kind of like hard capped weren't they with their with their assets they couldn't really do anything you know yeah you've got the potential to give away a valuable 2027 first round pick in what to try and get like john wall 
you know, it doesn't move the needle. It doesn't improve anything. I'm a strong believer that we should just kind of get through this season. I don't have much expectation, but I think it was just LeBron asking, not asking, sorry, telling uh, the front office to step up. But I think it was a shot towards the near future, towards the summer, is what I was thinking. You know, I'm here for one more year. Obviously, we'll get onto his future in a moment. Make it count, step up. That's what I think it was. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's basically like a, you couldn't have said it better. It's kind of like a shot across the bow, basically saying like, okay, this this year didn't go well. And I think there is some blame that should be going on LeBron and um, Clutch's shoulders. They very, very much pushed for the uh, Russell Westbrook trade. The Lakers had, were in a position to get Buddy Heald again. Wouldn't, probably wouldn't have it would have been a good move for them, but it wouldn't obviously been a game-changing move. I think they would they have been swing- a better move. Yeah, I agree. It definitely would have been a better move. It would have saved them a lot of cap. Probably would have kept the likes of Gutierrez um, Caldwell Pope. They probably would have kept AC. Like it, Overall, it probably would have been a much yeah. better trade because the Lakers wouldn't have been as disrupted as they are now, as they had to give away a lot of pieces who, to a certain extent, are playing quite well in other situations. But uh, yeah, this is just a shot across the bow from um, LeBron basically saying, get your crap together for the summer. We realize this season, we'll try and win this season. But again, we're realizing this might be just a casualty of the decision we made. But kind of get your crap together for the for the upcoming offseason because we need to reload and re-get back right, right at it. Because he's right, LeBron's career is coming dwindling down into, the, into this kind of he's he wants to play with Bronny. It's just he's coming towards the end of his years and he wants to make the most of them. Like he's won a championship with the Lakers, so he'll always have that. But I think he's chasing Jordan. He's chasing Kobe in, in terms of five and six rings. And I don't think he'll be happy until he gets that. See, I'm a bit like 50-50. I mean, I'm not sure whether like rings are high up on his priority. Like I think like he would like you know, another ring, another two, especially when you start speaking about Kobe, you know, MJ. But, like, um, I think the Bronny thing is obviously very high on, and I don't want to get into that. As I put that forward as a topic, I'm going to, you know, take it right back, so we will get onto it shortly. But you were obviously speaking about um, his, his hold on the front office, like, transactionally you know, in terms of the Russell Westbrook trade. It's widely believed that him and AD um, were the ones that had heavy influence in that move being made. You know, they advocated for the move to be made. So if that's true, obviously, we don't know. Um, a level of blame is definitely in their direction. Not all the blame, um, because LeVon made an interesting comment. I think it was after the Clippers game. But it was recently. And he said that, he just gets, he just provides suggestions. You know, he gets asked his thoughts. He doesn't pull the trigger on trades, is essentially what he said. What do you think of those comments? And do you believe those comments? Yeah, 100%. Like at the end of the day, Rob Plinka is a grown ass man. He can, he's, he's had Kobe as his client for 20 plus years. I guarantee you, over the course of 20 plus years, he told Kobe no a couple of times or say, I disagree with you, Kobe. I don't think this is correct. I from guarantee- an agent standpoint. Yeah, from an agent standpoint. But I can also see Rob Palinka being strong enough of kind of 
have a strong enough disposition where he can say, no, I don't agree with you, LeBron. I think he realized that the Lakers going into the, this uh, past offseason needed a third scorer in order to kind of push them over the edge and they needed a secondary playmaker. And when you look at it from just a kind of a prism, Russell Westbrook is perfect. Like he is a perfect, he can, he can get you 10 assists a game if he wants to. He can score 20 plus uh, points a game if he wants to, but they overlooked a serious amount of different things when bringing him in. They overlooked his defense. They overlooked his ability to shoot. They overlooked his kind of, and to a certain extent, his, his, his not, not his bad behavior, but his kind of petulance. And like, you can be like a petulant child sometimes. It overlooked a lot and it cost him a lot. But again, Ron Palink is a grown ass man. LeBron made, wanted that decision. He wanted Russell Westbrook on the Lakers. He got him. And I don't think it'd be particularly fair. He has to take some of the blame. I don't think Plinka is full the full blame. I don't think LeBron's a full blame. I think don't think Clutch is full blame. I think it's a joint effort where they all kind of screwed up a little bit and they're just they're living with them consequences. Well, I think that um I agree. I do agree. I think it's a well-rounded effort in the failure of the team this season. But I do believe that LeBron. I do believe that the front office and the Lakers are like bowing down to LeBron. You know, they—they—he's they, their star player. You know, he's one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest player of all time, depending on what side of the fence you're on there. Um, but whatever LeBron says goes, essentially. I think you know. So whilst he's not necessarily pulling the trigger, if he says he wants Russell Westbrook, you know, like a little bit of a spoiled child, you know you put your hand in the cookie jar and you you give him what what he wants you know what i mean um so i think like he definitely has a hold over the front office in like some shape or or form i think um but you are right like uh Pelinka can say no i think he's capable of saying no obviously in the trade deadline there was some element of him saying no because the lakers needed to make a trade they clearly needed to and they didn't and that was quite ballsy, to be honest with you. I think it was more impressive that they didn't make a move rather than they did make a move. But I think with the Russell Westbrook acquisition, which is obviously a different topic altogether, I don't think that they thought of his impact on the wider team. And I don't think, and I don't mean his production, I mean getting him. What would that do in the roster construction of the rest of the team? I don't think they thought about that. Um, but again, you know, we're just relying on reports. I'd love to be a fly on the wall you know, in the front office. But I do believe that he does, LeBron, that is, have like a, a stronghold over the front office. Oh, absolutely. I think the one thing we need to think about is the Lakers are think, always thinking long-term. Obviously, we want to win this year and next year and the year after. And my, my, from a roster construction, people might think, oh, the Lakers are just focused on, on year to year rather than kind of five years, like, like a medium and short-term plan. I think the Lakers know that they want to be in bed with Clutch for a very, very long time, even past um, LeBron retiring. They have Anthony Davis there going forward. They want to continue this relationship for the very, very long term because they know Clutch gets some of the best basketball players on earth. And if they can get them for the next 10, 15, 20 years coming to the Lakers, the Lakers will be successful. So I think the next you get the next um, group of like superstars all of a sudden become options as they become free agents and want to move on from 
respectively their their smaller markets you know yeah even think about paul george's agent the lakers kind of screwed over julius randall and basically he made sure that paul george would not be a laker because of that it's it, it, you need to be in good with agents like it's so so important if if we need to keep them happy but we also have to make sure that they're not running the show as well like they are very like rich paul is an extraordinarily powerful agent he's probably the most powerful agent in all of basketball 100 percent, and will be for the foreseeable yeah and you just need to keep them happy as possible by also but you need to show some backbone and i think the backbone yeah. was shown by palinka by not bowing to their demands in free agency i'm oh, sorry for not free agency in the trade uh, Trader line and alleged demands. Obviously, they have not back on yeah. it. Said, but I mean, whether you believe that, whether you don't, you know, the media circus is another realm. It's another battle of people leaking what they want to leak. You know, does is it coming from agents? Is it coming from players? Is it coming from front offices? That's a completely different thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do actually want to get onto like predicting the future with LeBron. Um, I'll, I'll I'll start first. Um, uh, obviously, you spoke about Bronny, uh, the All Star Weekend. Not a shock. We've heard it multiple times. Um, but I think what was a shock was that he literally affirmed that his last season was going to be with Bronny, um, which we kind of knew. But hearing him saying that was quite a shock. Which essentially, unless Lakers somehow figure out a way to get Bronny, which I think we probably agree that that's probably unlikely. Um, all of a sudden, we, I think to a lot of people, it was clear that LeVon wasn't going to retire a Laker. When I think uh, over the past few years, I think it's been kind of a quote-unquote given that he was going to retire a Laker. Um, I want to know your thoughts on that. I personally think that despite LeVon being out of contact in, out of contract in 2023, um, I think the Lakers will get him through 2023, 2024 as well. I think he'll sign a one-year extension leading up to 2024 when Bronny gets drafted. Because I think he'll get drafted. I think it's essentially you get Bronny, you draft Bronny, you get LeBron for a season. I think there'll be a whole host of teams lining up for a move like that, even a near 40-year-old LeBron at that point. Think of the commercial opportunities. Think that LeBron will probably still be a player averaging over 20 points per game, even at like near 40. Um, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, but I want to know what you think. There's a lot of talk of a Cleveland return. I can't see him going to Cleveland for the 2023-24 season. I can't see them disrupting what they have just for one season. I can't see him going in hope that the one season is successful. And I can't see them getting Bronny as well. I mean, they could do, but I think probably looking a little bit smaller market that will try and snap him up early on in the lottery. Um, but obviously we'll evolve this conversation over the next few minutes, but um, predict the future for LeBron James. LeBron James is not going back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I can say out near certainty, maybe a one-day contract at the end of his career so he retires a Cleveland Cavalier. I think that is probably likely, if not guaranteed to happen. Because, I think that's guaranteed, yeah. Yeah, but he's not going to pay for Dan Gilbert again. He's visibly and said out loud, that he does not respect the man. He doesn't respect how he does business. He doesn't respect how he treats players. And he doesn't respect, like, just doesn't respect them. So he's not going to go back to um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. <coughs> My guess is LeBron James, exactly like you said, he's going to wait 
I'd say he does sign another deal with the Lakers for one more year. I think he wants to kind of, I think the Lakers are capable of getting him another, like a reload. I think they're capable of getting him another guy beside him, along with Anthony Davis and having another title run. Mike, actually, I'm, I, I kind of disagree with you. I think that there's a chance the Lakers could draft Ronnie. I think there's a, they, right. they have, they, they, like I only checked there. We do have picks. We just have pick swaps. So if our pick is better than uh, the Pelicans pick, then we keep it within the, like they keep it. But if it's worse, then we keep it. So I like we can, we can draft in them years. We just can't trade them. Do so you my, think that like the priority shouldn't be around that though? Like, do you I, think like, does Bronny help us long-term? You know, yes, it'd be nice to keep LeBron for another season. Do, don't you think it should be time to kind of say farewell at that point? And kind of move on post LeBron James. Well, if if it was to be a lottery pick, I would absolutely not draft. Well, until he has proven himself at a higher level, I wouldn't draft Bronny James. If we're competing for championships and our pick is in the late twenties, hopefully in the thirties, yeah, I'd I'd give it a go because again, you get to keep LeBron, and again, he 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 seems to be a talented player. Like it's just uncertain that. He's going to be at least it's, it's certain he's not going to be a, a LeBron James level talent. It's very few marks. Ninety-nine of people is that, that well players is that, <laughs> but I think that like um, uh, obviously, but Bronny isn't the important factor here. It's LeBron, isn't it? So if someone drafts LeBron, I can't see all thirty teams, well twenty-nine, um, passing on him. You know, what I mean, someone will because you'll get LeBron. But do you, I just don't think it's a priority. Like, I think if, like, if it gets to that point and LeBron wants to go where Bronny is, just go where he is. You know, the Lakers have AD, they can move forward with AD. That's another topic for another podcast. Um, that's fine with me. Go. Make next season count. Make the season after count, because I think he'll be here 2023, 2024 as well. Make that count. And then, and then go. I mean, the guy will be nearing 40. You know, will injuries catch up with him by then? Potentially. I mean, they're catching up with him at the moment. Oh, well, not at the moment, but there have been, you know, kind of inklings that that's kind of getting a bit worse. Um, I don't think it should be a priority. Yeah, I I would agree that it shouldn't be a priority bring him bring him back. But I think if the Lakers were competing for a championship and no one had picked him up in the late 20s and 30s, yeah, I think just give it a go. Trainer, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you go for it because again, he has he's coming from like good stock in terms of LeBron being a freak athlete. I'm not going to bet against him being a good player. I, from what I have seen of Bronny, he is a very well rounded player. He can shoot, he can defend. I, there's some very, very good traits there. And again, put him beside someone like Phil Handy, and like you don't know like what it could be, he could become. I don't think he'll be an all star level player. I still think he has the talent to be at the very least, like or at the very worst, a decent rotational player. And I think, at the, and that late in the in the draft in the first round, that's what you can kind of expect. Like the Lakers have made a very good history of getting like a Kyle Kuzma or a Larry Nance Jr. or a Thomas Bryant, like or a Jordan, even a Jordan Clarkson. We've picked up some really good guys in the late first, early second. But again, when you come to that part of the draft, you're not expected to find. A superstar. It very rarely happens. Yeah, I try occasionally you get a Jokic, but that is not a given, is it? 
No, no, no. Like 90, 98% of players end up out of the league. Second round picks. Even first round pick isn't a guarantee that you have an NBA career, is it really? No, not at all. I think if we can find them in that part of the draft, like, yeah, I, I, I think there will be a team that just wants, and this sounds terrible, there will be a team that just wants to sell jerseys, even if it's, like, I would, I generally wouldn't be shocked if the, like exactly. the Sacramento Kings, who, like, they're picking in the late lottery, just, or in the lottery, would take Bronny just so they can basically put LeBron James's name on the jersey for a year. Can you imagine LeBron and Bronny in, like, Minnesota or somewhere like that? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I think it would be hilarious? I imagine if the Orlando Magic drafted Bronny and LeBron says, I'm retiring. I says, I'm not going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah he's already said he doesn't want to play in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. That, that place is cursed because of the bubble in his head, I think. But I don't, he says money isn't a problem. So I actually was thinking as you were speaking then and kind of elaborating on my point um, that um, in my mind I was. And um, LeBron said money isn't an issue. So if you like can keep LeBron for another season, still averaging... 20 points a game or whatever, hypothetically. Um, and then he takes a lesser contract and then you can build a team. I suppose he would do that. I don't think it should be an out and out. Like, I think at that point, you should be going into that summer. They'll probably, obviously, there'll be a lot of uncertainty. I think that you should be preparing for post LeBron. And I think you should be pre- preparing for post LeBron whilst LeBron's here, to be honest. You know, like keeping the championship window open. You said, didn't you, that you you think they've got one eye open on the future. I kind of do and kind of don't. I think they've got an eye on like the near future. Um, obviously, signing AD has helped with that. Um, but I think this, no, yeah, this summer, next summer will be interesting in terms of what the vision is like down the line. I think there's a good, there's some good young players on the team. Austin Reeves, you know, I think THT's got upside as well. I think. With a Russell Westbrook-less team, I think THD could flourish a little bit more. Um, but I think that, again, we'll do this in another podcast. I do think that there are some nice pieces, but I don't like how they pissed away draft picks as well in the past few seasons. So, um, yeah. Actually, one point, if I could make there. If you, um, it's all good, yeah. What I think, and I, I actually think, I'm just thinking about this there when you're talking. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers said to LeBron, if we will draft Bronny and basically do like they did with Austin Reeves, not go undrafted, but draft them with their first round pick and just say yeah. to Bronny, do not work out for any other teams. Do not visit any other teams. We will, I, we can guarantee right now, like a handshake agreement. We will draft Bronny when he comes to us. He won't interview for teams. He won't speak to teams. He won't work out for teams. He won't go to the combine. He won't do any of that. We'll draft him. Just do that. Get him some sponsorships, you know, we'll do this for him. You know, there's loads of stuff that you can do under the radar as well, you know. Yeah, and then you just run, you take the vet minimum and we, we basically build a super team around you for that one season. And then Bronny can kind of More continue. More some minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It's a, do you one thing which is interesting with LeBron, though? It's like, personally, I, I think that he's like 10 years of success already. Some people don't. I think it is. He came here. He said he was going to win a championship and he won a championship. It happened very early in his tenure. So obviously, if he doesn't win a championship for the remainder, you know, it's kind of marred by recency bias. You know, they're in the middle of a failing season. Oh, LeBron, LeBron James's tenure is a failure. You know, it's, we all live in the present. You know, it's not, uh, it's, it's, I don't, 
blame anyone for that. But I think it's a it's a success. But don't you think that he doesn't hit the set? And this is not this is just me speaking. It's not wider opinion. Um, but for me, he doesn't hit the same as like Kobe Magic because I feel like we can't really claim LeBron. You know, he's moved a lot in his career. There's always talk about him moving even in the next few years as he leads up to 40. He looks set to move again, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, I just don't seem... I love having LeBron mad grateful. I think he will be a Laker, quote-unquote, legend. Um, but yeah, I do think you do struggle to claim him. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's a different type of superstar for Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Kobe and Magic, basically, the reason why people love them so much is they remain Lakers for the rest of their lives. Like, they've played just for one ball club for their entire, basically their entire career, but they did play for their entire career. And that's like, you, you, you know, and obviously LeBron will be a Laker legend and he will have his number put in the rafters for Lakers. I don't think that, I think that's a given. I, I would agree with you. His time with the Lakers has been a success. We've won one championship, and he's been either runner up or top three in MVP in two of his four two of his four seasons here. So yeah, I think it's it can be an unabashed success. But yeah, he won't be on the same level as Kobe, or he won't be on the same level as Magic in terms of being a legend here, simply because we didn't draft him, we didn't develop him. Like that's that's a huge thing. Like we the the affinity the Lakers fans have for like the the quote unquote the young core of like the the draftees that the Lakers brought in well like that was like we'll always have an affinity for Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell and Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso all these guys that came through the doors that we developed and we become we made them the players they are today like obviously they've pushed on and Brandon Ingram as well but we made them the players we are they are today and they've. We always will have an affinity because we drafted them. That's not going to be the case with LeBron because he's been with many different organizations. And like he's not, I'm not saying that LeBron's a mercenary by any chance, stretch of the imagination. But he is also, to a certain extent, chasing situations that will benefit him to win a ring. If the Lakers, like I don't think he had a, a, an affinity for the Lakers apart from like he was like very, very close to Kobe and he really, uh, he's friendly with Magic. But I think. He he's come. He came to the Lakers and won a championship. He'll he'll be forever loved for that. But he will never he'll never get the same love as Kobe or Magic, just simply because he wasn't drafted here, he wasn't developed here, and he doesn't have really kind of any meaningful kind of link to the Lakers apart from the winning that championship. Actually, kind of just joining, you know, because even like a you know a Kareem and Will like uh, moved around. You know, they moved around the NBA, but I think they're like within a tier above. You know, what I mean, they're players that you can quote unquote claim. Um, but yeah, they, I think there's always LeBron's a different type of superstar, isn't he? You know, it's a superstar that's not afraid to move around. You know, it's a superstar that's not afraid to move to a better situation, whether you like that or not. Um, but I don't think he's going to do that this time around, as we obviously, the topic is predicting the future. I don't see, I just, unless the Cavs somehow have a guarantee of drafting Bronny, I think maybe you could see LeBron jump ship in 2023 uh, with the guarantee that, you know, he's LeBron is going to go there in 2024. I don't know how that guarantee could be made, but you can't, 
have you know lebron every season counts now and this is why this season makes everyone so angry um is that you know i don't think he's just going to go to cleveland and hope that in one season he can cement his legacy well not cement his legacy it's already cemented but grow his legacy and try and win another championship and you know they'd be tearing down everything they built you know they built an identity there they they built they built a post lebron james identity hopefully the Lakers will do something similar, obviously not through the draft with so much youth, but you know, they they've they've moved away from LeBron and, and created their own identity. Um, and by bringing LeBron back, they'd have to completely tear that up, you know, and I just can't see it happening. I mean, if they do want to do that, then I hope Rob Palinka doesn't have his phone on silent because give me some draft picks, you know, give me some of them good young players. If LeBron wants to go there, uh, you know. Trade the man, you know what I mean? We'll start building for the future, you know? Um, that's fine. You know, it's absolutely fine. Even in a sign-and-trade, you know, I'm not sure that he would try and fleece Cleveland like that, but, you know, it would be cool to have, you know, some. he says he suppose he's not that bothered about money back in his career, but then there's also a quote floating out there that says he's not a mid-level player. He's a max player. He said that himself. So, you know, there's an element of, I think, he, he, he said going back to his all-star comments, he said what people want to hear. The all-star weekend was in Cleveland. It's his hometown. It was all a, a fancy occasion. He said what they want to hear. And he didn't actually say he wanted to go to Cleveland. He just said the door isn't shut on that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the only thing he did guarantee was that, he, well, he verbally he guaranteed was that he wanted to play with Bronny, which we kind of already knew. You know what I mean? So I think the Lakers get clicks. The Lakers get views on any platforms. You know, I think the rumours were completely blown out of proportion. And, uh, and yeah, I think uh, everyone should chill. Everyone should chill. I'd put money on LeBron being a Laker until 2024. After that, whatever he does, that's fine. I'm good. I'll be ready for post-LeBron in 2024, you know. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I, I kind of heard something earlier on in the week um, that Bronny might be going to ignite that he, he wants to skip the whole college kind of rigmarole. He so that would be 2023-24 yeah. leading into the draft in 2024. Okay. That he, he wants, obviously, he knows that Bronny is, a, like his name alone is a valuable asset and he doesn't believe that going to college will fully benefit. Like he'll make sure his son gets an education, but he doesn't fully believe that going to college is going to benefit him he thinks that thing in, in the pros sooner rather than later, making some money off his, not off his name, but kind of knowing what he's worth and the, allowing the Ignite to pay what he's worth right off the bat. But, but also bring up the, like, it, it raises all ships across the G League. They Obviously, they, they're they bringing in lots of young talent into Ignite. But yeah, I, I can see, easily see Bronny playing a year in the G League with, with Ignite and then working his way up there. But again, yeah, the Lakers should be planning for post LeBron even when LeBron's on the roster if he's going to say the extra year perfect we will we will have gladly have him for that extra year and if he wants to move to another team we'll, and to, with, with, with Bronny like the, he, he does so with not with the Lakers nation's kind of blessing we want it's a great story to see him playing with his son and like that will be a great story to see and be like one of the rarer things in NBA history just to see a father and son on the court together at one time and like it's It'll be fantastic, but again, if it doesn't benefit the Lakers in the long term, yeah, don't believe it should be something they should consider. If it comes to a point 
where they truly believe in the later part of the draft that there's no player better than Bronny, then absolutely go for it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I, we're not craving that situation on the Lakers, are we? No. You know, like that headline can be somewhere else, and I'm fine with that. You know, we can move on with whatever, and the fairy tale can be elsewhere, you know. Yeah, 100%. And I think, yeah, uh, good luck to Bronny. I think he's going to be a decent prospect. And I think LeBron is going to, it's, I, I actually can't wait to see that. Like, it's something, it's going to be something so rare to see. Like, you never really see it ever. And Matt, this, this LeBron lasting this long in the league and still playing at this high level, like, he is, like, there, there's, he, there, he is the exception to the rule. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think that was an enjoyable conversation. First one back. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, we have got a second episode coming out straight away. So that's kind of a, we do speak about like uh, the stoppage in the Clippers game, you know, kind of the impact on the NBA and basketball as a whole, a bit of a prediction for the remainder of the season. So I hope you are going to follow us, speaking to the listeners, I hope you are going to follow us over to that second episode. Been great to be back, hasn't it, Jonathan? Oh, 100%. Like, Genuinely, one of my favorite things is talking Lakers basketball with you. I think we, we, I think we have very similar kind of um, thinking points on the Lakers, and like we are as passionate as each other about the Lakers. So yeah, absolutely love talking Lakers with you, man. Cool, cool. Well, thanks to everyone for for listening. You know, we're hoping to build a little bit of rotation. So I will give you a huge thank you for tuning in. Uh, go and head over to the second episode, and uh, yeah, we'll join you over there. Peace out.